Blog Talk Radio. in Sports Talk. Today is Wednesday, December 4th. Before we get started, here are a few reminders. We would love to hear from you, and here are several ways to weigh in. Call us at 646-716-5564, or join us in the chat room by listening online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino, or follow us on Twitter at Way in Sports. Now here's your host, Brian Tarvin, and co-host Trey Patterson. Let's weigh in. Thank you, Michelle, for the wonderful intro, and like she said, welcome everyone to a live edition of Weigh In Sports Talk. We are pumped this week. We have the conference championships coming up, Trey, and man, has football flown by or what? Yeah, Tarvin, it does just feel like we've, uh, we just started the season not too long ago, and here we are, um, sort of, you know, with one week left to decide, you know, Heisman trophies and national championship matchups and BCS, you know, the last BCS uh, matchups, and, you know, here we are. Well, Trey, did you ever think that when we started the show in the preseason or the first week, did you ever think that Florida State would be one win away from solidifying the number one overall seed, really, and going to the national championship? No, I, you know, when you and I talked about the preseason, I think we both um, – sort of were misinformed of our own team's chances. I thought Florida State was a rebuilding year this year. I kind of expected uh, you know, Clemson to win the ACC. Um, and so I thought we would, you know, we would do okay. Absent all, I figured a big loss to Clemson would keep us out even the championship game in the ACC. So um, obviously I'm surprised and happy by um, what transpired, but certainly did not predict um, Florida State's success this year to this point. Well, you and I both talk about the preseason polls, the way we do it. All we do is guess. I mean, for anybody out there that had Auburn 11-1, and one, um, stand up, call in the show. I want to hear it because I don't know anybody, and I mean anybody, that, that even saw Auburn coming the way they're doing or Florida State. I thought Florida State would lose a game or two. I thought they would be better. Still questions about Winston. The trade, Missouri, a team that nobody talked about after their performance last year. And then Duke, I mean, what's going on with college football? All the powerhouses are, are struggling right now. Yeah, I mean, you talk about Duke, I mean, you know, um, I mean, this was a, a just a terrible, terrible cellar dweller of a team when Cutliff took over a couple of years ago. And now, you know, to take a Duke into, you know, football legitimacy, no matter what happens this weekend, I mean, you got to think Duke is now at least respectable in some ways. Um, not only in basketball, but in, in, in football. I mean, they beat Miami and Virginia Tech this year. So, you know, college football is a little bit different this year than we've seen in the past, and it has certainly made for a very entertaining year. It has, and, and, and you know, after Saturday, I've, I've had a few days to let the Iron Bowl soak in and, you know, think about the national championship picture. But, Trey, after thinking about it for two seconds, I thought about Missouri, and I said, well, 
I'm going to save my predictions until after that game. So mm-hmm. Sunday night when we get on the show, BCS selection uh, show is going to be on. We might start a little early. Then I'll give you my projections if I think Auburn could jump if they won, or Missouri should jump Ohio State. But it, it's going to be interesting. But, you know, Trey, nobody's talking about, we're going to talk about this game in a few minutes, Ohio State actually has to play a game this weekend too. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm not hearing it in the media that Ohio State's got to play Michigan State. It's just about whether Auburn will jump Ohio State, but both teams play. Yeah, and let's be honest. I mean, you know, both teams, both Auburn and Ohio State, can legitimately lose um, their games. I mean, Auburn plays uh, an interesting Missouri team. Uh, you know, a lot of people think that they're, you know, obviously very good. Um, unfortunately, you know, their resume, they haven't really played a top ten team. This is their first real, you know, top ten competition. Um, but, you know, they have to play Auburn, and Auburn has to play them. And, you know, obviously, neither one of those teams can win. And then, you know, I'm hearing from Big Ten folks and that Michigan State has a legitimate shot to be Ohio State. And, you know, whether you buy into that or not, you and I will talk about our beliefs today. But, you know, you just can't look past that. You can't look past the, the big picture, which is the game that is this weekend. Well, one thing I want people to to open their minds up a little bit this weekend, and I want them to think about, Trey, the officiating in these games, which concerns me a little bit, especially if you're Michigan State. And the way Delaney went, we're going to talk about Ohio State in a minute, you know, about the suspension that Urban Meyer didn't do. I mean, will officiating become a factor in these games? Because I could easily see the Big Ten commissioner making sure, Trey, that Michigan State doesn't win that football game because they're dying to get someone in the championship game to try to give that conference some more respect. What do you think? I mean, after what happened on the field with Ohio State-Michigan, Braxton Miller wasn't even thrown out of the game, Trey. He should have been suspended for this next game, or at least the first half. Uh, what do you think? Am I, am I totally off base here by saying that? Well, you know, I thought about it more, too, after you and I spoke last Sunday about, you know, whether the conference come down and suspend somebody. Um, and, you know, I just – I couldn't find a precedent where a conference suspended a player. It's usually the team uh, or the NCAA if they violate, you know, some sort of NCAA rules. And I don't think um, – at least I couldn't find it um, in the NCAA rules where, you know, flipping off fans was something the NCAA could suspend them for or has – suspended a player for if there's any precedent for it uh, or even coming off off the bench and throwing punches you know I you know if you if you have a, uh, something that the NCA has done in that past I'd love you to call in and let us know or t- t- talk to us in the chat room because if that's my problem with you know I think this should happen Tarvin um, but I just couldn't find a precedent for it happening other than I just think it's right and not just in this instance but in any instance I just think that you know the game needs to be cleaned up in that regard but um, I'm a little disappointed in Urban Meyer personally for not taking onus of his own players. I mean, whether it was a half tournament or a quarter, I mean, at least come out and show some discipline from what your players did. Well, the problem I have is Braxton Miller, uh, Trey, came off the bench. And it says in the NCAA rules, if you come off the bench or off the sidelines and engage in a fight during a fight, then you're suspended not only for that game, but the first half of the next game. So he would have been thrown out of the Michigan game altogether. He wouldn't have got to play, and he wouldn't play in the first half of this Michigan State game. And it's it's weird to me how the officials saw him come in and, and get in a fight coming off the sideline and never did anything. And even after reviewing that, that's where I expect the, the Big Ten to come in and issue a ruling and a statement saying he will be suspended. because Just because it wasn't flagged doesn't mean it didn't happen, Trey. And 
I do not trust the Big Ten, and, and trust me, if they get into this championship game, and maybe they deserve it, maybe they don't, they're going to get boat raced by Florida State, and it's going to be the same Notre Dame-Alabama matchup we saw last year. So, I you know, don't know. But yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, I was looking at Vegas lines on the different games, and you tell me if you're surprised, because I was. Of the three teams that, you know, are Vegas polling, Missouri, uh, Auburn, and uh, Ohio State, Ohio State had the least line against Florida State, and Missouri was the highest. Does that surprise you that the line right now Vegas has would be um, about 10.5 for Ohio State, about I think it was 11.5 for Auburn, and 13.5 for Missouri? That surprised me, Tarvin. Well, I mean, if you look at the Iron Bowl in Auburn, Auburn was underdog 10.5, 11 points to Alabama. All it's saying is this is a neutral side that Florida State's a very good football team. That's all it's telling me. And and, and I, that's where I would put the line at about Florida State 10 over Auburn. I would probably put it, me personally, about 14 over Ohio State and probably about 12 over Missouri. I think Ohio State, maybe that's what you're asking me, I think Ohio State should be a bigger underdog than any of those three teams. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was kind of getting at was, you know, just um, a surprise that Ohio State had the, the smallest line. And maybe it's just me, Tarvin, and I'm, I'm certainly probably certain that it's not. But um, I found that a little weird. And obviously that could change with an outcome in the championship games if, you know, if Auburn looks great and Ohio State doesn't. Um, you know, obviously the Vegas line just you know, as in what what they could we could see would be different, but um, you know, just interesting, just a, just an interesting point that I just disagree well, with. Well, remember the point spreads are all about the nation's perception of a team, and and Auburn, even though they're a top five team right now, to the perception of the people, they're lucky. And if you look at it, a lot of people say, oh, I think Florida State's a better team, and they they are. They probably are a better team than Auburn. But I think Auburn and Missouri would be the best chances of winning against Florida State than Ohio State would be just because of the competition they face during the season, really, and Auburn being able to run the football with a dual-threat quarterback as well for the month to prepare and to get better. I don't know. I think the Florida State-Auburn game would be intriguing. But but I'm going to bring this point up to you. The Winston, I don't know what you've heard about this, but they finally made a decision regarding Winston, and they're going to announce it tomorrow in a press conference. Have you heard anything about this, or do you know anything that we don't know? Uh, well, personally, do I know something, Tarvin? I don't. But I did want to bring this up. And, you know, I'm very careful on the show when I cite to something. And I always try to, to have um, – Obviously, I don't have any you know, personal you know, secret sources. I try to cite them. But um, a guy by the name of J.P. Peterson, who is on um, an Atlanta station, 790 The Zone. Maybe you're familiar with that, Tarvin. It's a sports mm-hmm. radio uh, show. Yes. Uh, this J.P. Peterson claims that he has four and uh, what he calls solid sources on Twitter. He says, you know, uh, he actually hashtag journalism 101. Uh, that he has confirmed, he claims, four sources that he will not be charged. Now, I'll tell you, my personal thoughts are I don't, I, I don't know that he has any way of actually having four sources inside uh, close enough to this to know that. Um, so, you know, that's why I'm very skeptical of that. But, you know, there are, according to him, he has four sources. I just, I can't imagine a scenario where he has four sources inside the DA's office, uh, especially if, if the, the attorney for J- James Winston doesn't even know himself. So, 
take it with a large grain of salt, but there are people reporting that, um, and they say they're credible, but that's the only thing I've heard. And, you know, like I said, Tyrone, we'll take it with a grain of salt. Well, I just think they, they don't have enough to to ruin this kid's life over, so they're going to go ahead and make a statement before selection comes out, the Heisman Trophy voting, just because straight I don't think they, they have anything. And I just want to know what they do have and, 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 and what, what made them bring this back up the way they did because you and I both thought at first this was very fishy of the timing and everything, but I don't know. I would be surprised if he got charged now, honestly, and I I haven't heard anything about any source or anybody's opinion, but I just feel like if he was going to be charged, they would come out and just say it and put him in jail or something. They wouldn't come out and make a press conference about it if they were going to charge him. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, obviously – you know, the lawyer in me, and it's funny, when we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, I was actually um, training young lawyers to prosecute sex assault cases, so I have a little bit of familiarity with, with it. Uh, and I just found it, you know, if it was me, and maybe I'm not a grandstanding prosecutor, but I would, I would never announce charges. I just would do it. Um, and I know, yeah. you know, there are other people who agree with that as well, but then there are, there are plenty of prosecutors who would make a spectacle of it. So I just don't think you can predict based on, you know, them announcing a decision because you just don't know the prosecutor and, and you know, and how much grandstand they want to do. Um, yeah, and so that, I just take that as, you know, what I would do would be different. Um, I certainly would only announce um, the negative that I wasn't charging and and I would just do it if I was going to charge somebody. But, um, yeah, we just don't know. Willie Maggs has grandstanded before, so it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be unprecedented for him to wait a day, build up an ESPN national audience, and ESPN is going to be broadcasting it live, Carvin. So, you know, you just don't know. Well, you know the power of Nick Saban, Trey. He could, he could go ahead and get him charged, cause Braxton Miller to be suspended, and and uh, get back in that national championship game. So if you're a fan of Florida State or Ohio State, you have to be worried right now, honestly, because Nick Saban's at number four, and he's looking to get to number two. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, you never maybe Malzahn accepts a job at Texas while we're in the process too. <laughs> Nick Saban works the magic and get every team out. Maybe Missouri decides to just quit. <laughs> so, well, Trey, sudden, Trey, I'm hearing, I'm hearing Saban. I'm hearing Saban's going to Texas. Have you heard anything about this? I mean, this has come out again, and somebody said I don't know the people at all. So they have sources to to say they don't know exactly when it's going to happen. But this is a done deal. Have you heard anything? I haven't heard that um, at all, actually. So that'd be interesting. I mean, you know, you, you just don't know. I mean, obviously, I, you, I, I would be highly skeptical of that. Um, I heard, I did see a Mac Brown source where Mac Brown had told his players that uh, there was nothing really to to talk about when it comes to you know the coach of Texas next year. Um, that was from Mac Brown. So I, I don't know, man. It, you know, I, I think if Saban told. Texas that he would coach there next year. I think Brown and his staff would be out in about three seconds. Yeah, I just I think the way the Alabama fans are reacting, Trey, to that to that loss, there I've heard so many fans question Nick Saban and his coaching ability after one loss, uh, one of his few losses in the last several years. So maybe he's just ready to to take the money and run. I don't know. I mean, but you, you don't question a coach like Nick Saban about his decision making and. And I don't know if we talked about this the other night, Trey, but do you agree with him kicking a 57-yard field goal with really no time left on the clock, or would you would would you rather see him throw a hail mary to the end zone? I think he made the right decision kicking the field goal. 
No, I, yeah, it's like I, I knew and I talked with Bub, you know, after the game. I, I questioned it immediately when I saw there was a second left and I saw a field goal for, you know, a different kicker. I looked at my father, who's a big Alabama fan, and I was like, I was like this isn't going to work. No, no, I had no idea, obviously. That, I didn't even think about a run back. I mean, so I wasn't even thinking. I was just thinking that um, that he had no shot at kicking a 57-yard field goal. Um, and they're like, you know, and I heard them and talking about, oh, he's made a 60-yarder in practice, and I was like, well, yeah, off a tee. So, you know, this is not, you know, in under conditions, and the wind wasn't that great. So, you know, I just I didn't think it was a good decision. But, you know, even if he makes a bad decision, and, you know, I get the argument that what if this was less miles would be berating him. But Nick Saban doesn't make coaching decisions that are incorrect a whole lot. And so, yeah, I think he made some bad decisions. But guess what? Your program is still the number one program in all the nation. He's still the best coach uh, possibly that football has seen overall in college. And so, you know, if I'm an Alabama fan, I'm not worried about next year because, you know, as Paul Ewing said in the chat room, dude was on a chopper all day long recruiting. Yeah. And, you know, people argue about the, you know, you're, we're watching it on TV or we're in the stands and it's fourth and one. You've already missed a few field goals and you need a yard, Trey. I mean, I understand they should have kicked the field goal in hindsight, but Nick Saban had a gut feeling, and he knows that team better than anyone that you go for it right there. He had a feeling that they were going to miss that field goal. So who's the, who's to say that he would have made a field goal after missing every one he attempted trick? Well, I mean, yeah, you know, obviously at some point you're playing a percentage, whether, you know, and the coaches live and, buy, live and die by their, you know, split-second decisions. Uh, it was a quick decision. Obviously, once they found out they had one second, um, you know, and it, and it backfired. It didn't work out um, for Alabama, but, you know, they're still um, – you know, the future is still pretty bright for them. I mean, they're just racking up five- and four-star recruits. Uh, it seems by the bush load. I mean, I, it seems like every time Nick Saban leaves on his chopper, he comes back with about six recruits. Uh, so <laughs> they're still looking all right. And I don't, I don't buy the argument uh, for him leaving that, oh, well, you know, his, his man crush of A.J. McCarron is leaving. It's like, well, you know, he's got like five five-star quarterbacks right behind him, you know, whether they're unproven or not doesn't mean anything. I mean, A.J. McCarron was unproven at the time too. So I just don't buy the fact that, you know, McCarron's leaving so Saban will. I mean, he's got a, he's got a couple five-star dudes waiting, waiting in the wings. Well, well, speaking of recruiting, Trey, there's like there were 200 recruits at that game the other night for the Iron Bowl. So a lot of buzz going around about Auburn, people decommitting. I know Georgia lost one of their best players that's going to come over to Auburn and another one, I believe. But, there's a lot of recruiting. February is not too far away. But, Trey, not to get off football for just a minute, though, before we get into our NFL games, what did you think about Ellsbury getting, going to the Yankees from Boston? I mean, what is it about the Boston and Yankees? Are they just like trading players or something? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, I guess before I touch on that, Tarvin, I will say that you know we will be talking about recruiting here soon. A lot of guys are signing these financial agreements. A couple five stars have done that, and so there's more recruiting. They stick, you know, stick with us. Uh, we'll talk about that soon. But getting to, to baseball, Tarvin and, and Ellsbury, I think Paul Ewing, uh, you know, said it best in one of our chat boards, and I think on Facebook, when he said, you know, where's where is an absolute, uh, you know, hatred or a rivalry in baseball? I just don't buy it, and I agree with Paul. Then when you have guys going from, you know the Boston Red Sox to the Yankees routinely, and you can look through history and see a number of it. 
Um, that's not a real rivalry. I mean, obviously, it's all business, but, I mean, come on. Uh, that, this is like a trend yeah. now, it seems. I mean, they also got Brian McCann, the Yankees did. Uh, so they're sort of building their high-value cupboard again. Um, so, but, yeah, Ellsbury, the Yankees. And first of all, is the guy worth $100 million? He's 30 years old. He hits about nine no. home runs a year. I, I, he's hurt a lot. I, I didn't think it was a good contract for, for them. It's not. You, you said it best. Everybody talks about how the Yankees and Red Sox are the most hated rival. Well, I wouldn't. You wouldn't see Gus Malzahn walk over to Alabama and coach. You wouldn't see Saban come to Auburn. You wouldn't. I mean, you see players sometimes transfer in between that were on the fence. But yeah, this is starting to be a joke. I mean, there's no heated rivals in baseball trade anymore. It's just a business, like you said. And I just wanted to throw that out there. I did see Paul's comment last night. It made a lot of sense. I mean, this is. If you're a Boston Red Sox fan, you just want to throw up right now. And if you're a Yankees fan, do you really want a Red Sox coming over there? I, I just don't like that. I think it ought to be in the contract. It says you cannot be, you cannot go, even if you're a free agent, to the Yankees or the Red Sox if you play on one of those teams. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it just takes away from, to me, the argument or mm-hmm. even the rivalry in in baseball when you have, you know, your arch nemesis getting one of your arguably best players, you know. So it's just, uh, you know, it just takes away from the game in my book. It does. And, and you know, Trey, baseball, we talked about it for a minute and a half, and I feel like it's too long right now in this, what we have coming up this week. And your host, Brian Tarvin, won the Pick'em Challenge last week. I thought I'd get that out, just out of the way right off the top, Trey. And I just have a feeling this week, you may win this one, Trey. What do you think? <laughs> um, I'm going for it. But, Tarvin, I do want to bring up one thing real quick in the NBA before we get to football because that's where we're going to be hanging out all the night, all the rest of the night, is, is two rookies last night uh, dropped triple doubles in a double overtime game. Uh, never happened before in the history of the NBA. And I, I just got to ask you with you know, Carter Williams and Oladipo for Orlando, are we seeing, and even Trey Burke, who's off injury now playing well for Michigan, excuse me, for uh, the Jazz, uh, are we seeing possibly a really strong uh, rookie class in point guards? Well, it looks that way, and I don't know if it's just that or the defense is deciding not to play, really. I, I haven't seen much defense played in the NBA in a while, Trey. Maybe that's it. Maybe the guys are focusing more on scoring than defense, but you're right. I mean, the point guards look good, and what about the rookies, though? I mean, these guys, what were they, freshmen out of college, or were they sophomores once they left? You know, I, I, I don't recall when they came out. I think Oladipo was a sophomore, maybe, and I think Carter Williams was a freshman. But, yeah, I mean, you know, young guys coming out, and, and of course, Trey Burke after his big Final Four run. So, it was interesting, Tarvin. They both got triple doubles last night. I also happened to have both of them starting on my fantasy team, so I'll give myself a pat on the back there. But... <laughs> I knew it had to be something like that for you to bring it up, Trey. I, I miss playing fantasy basketball, honestly. I, I don't keep up with the NBA right now. I will, though. As soon as football season's over, I'll, I'll get into that NBA in college. Um, but it's it's fun, isn't it, playing fantasy basketball? I remember back in the days where I had good players. They're probably dead by now, the players I had. But I, had a good, I had a pretty good team. I had a pretty good team back in the day. Um, but yeah, hey, I don't know if you heard Mariota. Mariota's coming back for his senior year, Trey, and 
and I hear talk about is he going to be the Heisman front runner? Is there anything Mariota has done in your opinion this year that would make you believe that he would be a Heisman front runner? Yeah, I mean he was the Heisman contender last year or this year, and he still had I think the second best QBR in the nation. You know, um, even though he you know blew one big game. Uh, obviously, he's going to be another guy that will be on the watch list at the beginning of the year. Um, and, you know, I, I don't – there's some people who are knocking him saying, you know, oh, well, it's a bad decision and all this kind of stuff. Well, you know, people said the same thing about Andrew Luck when he when he came back and he still ended up working out as a top pick and, uh, and working out all right. I mean, so obviously, you know, for him it worked out. You know, for Jake Locker at Washington it didn't. So, I mean, you just you never know uh, when they come back uh, for another year if it's going to work out. But for some people, you know, they it matters more to stay in school and get a degree um, than it does to go get the money. And, you know, Mariota was possibly the number one quarterback on the board, depending on who you ask. So kind of interesting that he came back. See, maybe I'm just off here, but I never saw that in him when I watched him play. And it could just be me. I mean, I'm not saying I'm right. I just it, Nothing ever stood out to me when I watched him play. He played in a couple of big games, and he, he looked terrible in both of them from what I saw, the big games he played in. So we'll see. We'll see what he does. And, Trey, getting into the NFL, of course, we're going to go over our games. But what do you think about Tomlin, Pittsburgh Steelers coach, being fined $100,000 and they lose draft picks? Was it intentional, him being on the sideline like that, interfering with a kickoff return? Or or do you believe that he said it was an accident? Yeah, I actually went back and watched after I heard Tomlin's presser about, you know, that it wasn't intentional. And I, and, um, and I, I try to – got to think about – the person saying, and is Tomlin a guy who ever had a question about something he's done and he's not? I mean, he's, he's been one of the stand-up guys in the NFL when it comes to yeah, this kind of stuff. So I'm going to choose to believe him, Tarvin. I mean, um, obviously the video kind of speaks for itself and what you see out of it. But, um, you know, I think losing the draft picks too much, to be honest, after I watched the play over and over again. You know, I think we've all probably looped it on YouTube uh, just for the funniness in it. But, um, you know, I just we to wait to see where they finish in the draft to see if they're going to lose a pick. Seems dirty from the NFL to me. Yeah, I just don't think he would be the kind of guy that would do that. I just, I really don't. I think he's a stand-up guy, and and I don't know. I mean, you never know what's going through people's heads, but everybody wants to point out the bad in people and think the worst. But, Trey, on to what matters right now this week in the NFL. We have some some huge games coming up, and, you know, I'm wondering why you didn't put a certain game number one, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But I don't know, your number five game, the Detroit Lions trade on the road. They're 7-5, and five, going to Philly, a 7-5 and five team. You know, one of these teams are going to be 8-5. and five. I mean, well, what, what intrigues you about this matchup when you put it out? Well, I mean, you look at the NFC North, and, you know, you have – no team who really wants it. I mean, the Detroit Lions are seven and five, but they lost last week. Um, the Chicago Bears are six and six. They've lost two. The Packers are haven't won a game in three weeks because of a tie. I mean, you just look at this division, and nobody seems to really want it. I mean, to be honest, you could argue that the Minnesota Vikings at three eight and one are playing probably the best football in the division with Adrian Peterson. Um, so, uh, you know, you look at Detroit, and you're thinking, well. Seven and five is that record real? Are they really an absolute playoff contender, or or is you know Aaron, Aaron Rodgers going to come back and lead the Packers, or you know is Jay Cutler going to come back and lead the Bears? You know you just don't know. And they're going on the road, and they haven't been, you know, a terrific road team. They're five hundred on the road. 
Uh, and the Eagles, who've been poor at home, but they've won four straight, Tarvin, and it seems like Nick Foles is is gold. I mean, it, it, Foles gold, so to, so, to, so to speak, Tarvin. Uh, so, you know, they're 7-5 tied with the Dallas Cowboys. So, I mean, they can make a push here and win that division. So that's you know, two possible teams who could win divisions, I guess, or at least set their way off in the division championships. Yeah, I mean, uh, Trey, I'm, I'm going to go in this game with Detroit. I don't know, call it crazy, call me crazy, but I, I think Detroit's going to be able to go in this game on the road and actually be able to move the football. And I think the defensive line for Detroit is going to cause some matchup problems with Philadelphia to slow that offense down a little bit to be able to get some pressure on the quarterback. And I know Philadelphia won the other day. That's their second game at home. But, Trey, I just don't think they're a home team right now. I think Detroit senses the urgency you know, after blowing out Green Bay, uh, they actually won last week, Trey. They were on Thanksgiving. They beat Green Bay eyes out of their head. Now they're an underdog on the road. I'm going to pull the upset here. I'm going to pick Detroit. I think Stafford's going to have a good day, and they're going to get the victory out of the dome. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Thanks. Yeah, they did win. Well, I forgot about the Thanksgiving Day game. So, um, yeah, you're, thanks for requesting that. They did. They are on a one-game winning streak. But you know, I agree with the chat room. It looks like uh, both the folks in the chat room are saying the Eagles. I just think Nick Foles has been something special. Uh, I just don't see the Detroit defense stopping them. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Eagles, Tarvin. But, you know, uh, you may be uh, interesting enough, uh, another champion here. You've been really good at picking the NFL lately. So, um, you know, and let me ask you this, Tarvin. There's a there's a, a chat room question from Paul, and I want to wait to the very end to answer it. It's when you take a look at it, and let's come back to it, Tarvin. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move us on to um, the number two, or excuse me, the number five, four game. Uh, talking about those Cowboys and those Bears that is referenced, the Cowboys 7-5 going on the road against the Chicago Bears at 6-6. Six and six. Barbara, Who you got, buddy? Well, you know, I can't pick Dallas. I mean, especially on the road. They're 7-5. and five. They, they looked ugly against the Raiders and won that one. Chicago has to win this football game. I mean, they're a desperation mode, Trey. I think the Bears are a slight favorite at home in this one. I think with the conditions, the weather conditions, being out of that dome, the Chicago Bears, their defense tries to play good for the first time in a while. I'm going to pick the Bears in an upset. I mean, I know they're favored, but it's still going to be an upset in the nation's eyes, actually. I'm going to pick the Bears. Yeah, I'm looking at this game. I'm kind of back and forth. You know, um, you know McCown has been pretty good for the Bears. I mean, Alshon Jeffries had you know, 200 yards receiving last week. I don't see a whole lot of I guess, a reason to doubt they're going to move the ball on the Dallas Cowboys. On the same coin, Tarvin, I think the Dallas Cowboys and Romo are going to move the ball really well. Romo didn't have his best game last week, Tarvin. I think he has a much better week this week, and Des Bryant has a big week against the the Bears. I think the Cowboys go on the road and and sneak out a victory in Chicago. Uh, In the chat room, it looks like Jason Humphreys will meet with the Bears. Paul Ewing, surprisingly, Trey. Picking the Cowboys. I know he's a Cowboys hater, but, you know, he's he's going with the Cowboys in this one. Hey, it wouldn't surprise me if Dallas won, guys, but uh, I just think Chicago at home, they have to win this game, Trey. And I don't know, something about Chicago when they play at home, the crowd gets up. Is Cutler going to be playing in this game? I, I haven't heard that he is. And so if you have heard, let us know in the chat room. But um, I, I have, I've heard no. I've heard no. But, you know, we'll – well, Sunday night football, he's questionable. He's questionable, Trey. And, 
you know, you don't know what that means in the NFL this early in the week. Maybe by Friday we'll know. But this is Monday night football. I mean, at home in Chicago. So, mm, that's a tough game. Is that going to make you change your prediction now that you know it's Monday night, Trey? <laughs> no. I, I, well, what what may change my mind is the fact that I just realized it's December, and what, I, what Tony Romo does in December is different than what he does in November. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll stick with uh, the Cowboys. If color comes back, I, I could change my mind, but I'll, I'll stick with the Cowboys now. Trey, the next game you have here is against eight and four teams, the the Indianapolis Colts, which looks like Missouri could beat the crap out of them right now, heading on the road to Cincinnati. And I believe this is, I don't know, I think this is just an afternoon game. I can't remember the time. But Cincinnati at home, Trey, what, what's wrong with Indianapolis? Are they going to be able to go on the road and steal a win against a very good Cincinnati team that just went on the road to San Diego and handled business? I mean, I just don't see how the Colts can win this game. Yeah, I mean, I just, the, the Bengals play a different style of ball at home. They're 5-1 and one, I think, at home. Uh, they're a totally different team on the road. And, you know, the Colts are – sort of mediocre on the road, and they've been up and down all year. They're 4-2 and two, both at home and 4-2 and two on the road, and they have just been a team who um, really week by week seems to look entirely different. So I'm just going to go with the team that I think is more consistent, which is the Bengals. Yeah, the Bengals in the chat room, Jason Humphrey and Paul, they both have the Bengals winning this game, and, and it's like you said consistency, and, and that's why I like Cincinnati. I, I just think they're a better football team, and, and you put them at home, I think they're going to really shine in this game, Trey. So no debate here really in this game. The only debate I have with you is we have a Panthers 9-3 and game. They're both tied. The Saints are 9-3. and The Panthers are 9-3 and in the division. A Sunday night football game in New Orleans, Trey. Tell us why this wasn't your number one game. Well, it easily could have been. I mean, obviously, this is the battle for the South Division. Uh, the reason why I went the other way is you have Seattle coming off an 11 and 1. They seem to be cruising towards home field, and I just think this week is a stumbling week. I think this could be a very, very big trap game for Seattle. So I picked the game that I think um, may have a little bit larger implications when you talk about them the seeding in the playoffs uh, when it comes down to that number one seed. So I went, I went towards the Seattle uh, Frisco game. Because uh, I think you have you know, basically um, nine straight wins between the two, Frisco and Seattle. So I, I was a little intrigued there. You know, the Panthers have won eight in a row, and New Orleans is coming off that loss. Both of them, I think, are going to be very good games. Well, I think in order for Carolina to win this game, Trey, uh, they're going to have to have the best game of the year from their quarterback, Cam Newton. I mean, New Orleans doesn't lose at home. They're one of those teams that you saw what they did to Dallas at home and anybody else they play, it just seems like they destroy. But when they get on the road, as you saw Monday night against Seattle, I mean, these guys, I mean, they got killed because they're they're out of their element, really. But this is a night game in New Orleans. You know the crowd's going to be rocking, Trey. And, I, and I'm going to tell you, if Cam Newton has his best game of the season, they will win. I think their defense can can make some plays at times. It's going to be tough to go on the road and win at New Orleans at night, but if anybody can do it, Trey, it's this Carolina team with that defense they have. I'm going to pick the upset. I'm going to pick Carolina to win this game. Yeah, I mean, Newton and Carolina have won eight in a row. I mean, they started off the season one and three. They're now, now nine and three. They're undefeated in the South Division. They're three and oh, uh, but they have yet to play New Orleans, who is also three and oh in the division. And New Orleans is six and oh at home. They just—they're so good at home, Tarvin. I, I gotta stick with the Saints at home, who I've 
who's been I've been burned before by picking against them at home. I'll stick with the <laughs> favorite team in New Orleans at home. Uh, but you're right. I think Carolina can go into New Orleans and beat them, especially though because you know Saints are coming off that loss last week. So you know, Carvin, I think you're right. I think Cam Newton has to have a really good uh, game throwing the football and balancing that team out and allowing some running uh, against that Saints defense. Uh, but you know, when it comes down to it, I think if one quarterback can get rid of the football and and sort of keep that defense on the field a little bit more than they want to be, it's the Saints. Yeah, and I think the Saints are going to have to run the ball as well to kind of take some pressure off Drew Brees. If they run the ball, Trey, it's over. I mean, nobody can beat New Orleans in New Orleans. But I'm going to pick the upset, and it's not because I'm a Cam Newton homer, Trey. It's because I like the defense this year. I I like the way they're playing and what they can do to Drew Brees. So we'll see. Uh, Everybody in the chat room, Trey, I think is picking the Saints as well. I'm the only one, just like the Bears, I think. So I'm on an island by myself. I'll take it. And the number one game, the the good news is it's not played in Seattle because, Trey, have you ever heard a crowd as loud as Seattle's crowd? I mean, I was watching it the other night, and I was just amazed at how they every play, I mean, they would get so loud and cause problems. I mean, I've never seen a crowd this loud in the NFL. No, I mean, well, we've never seen a crowd this loud in the history of anything. I mean, they were doing the Guinness Book of World Records and broke it again. I think they'd broken it before. Um, so, you know, there's one place that has, you know, just an incredible amount of noise and a home field advantage. I mean, you and I have talked about it in the SEC, how the, the crowd noise really doesn't make a difference. And it's a totally different ball game than some of the other stadiums that I've been to. Well, i got to tell you, I mean, it's on my list now. I have to get to Seattle to watch a football game because of this. I mean, it, it is just, even on, on camera and Carvin, you see cameras shaking. It's incredible. Yeah, I've, I mean, if you – I think Colin Coward did it a few weeks back. He put a game, like a regular NFL game with intensity, like the, the play-by-play, and then when he put Seattle's game, it was like you couldn't even hear the announcers almost. I mean, it was so loud. But what a home field advantage. Trey, somebody – and we're going to do that question at the end of the show – um, that you talked about, but can anybody in your mind beat Seattle in Seattle? i, I got to tell you, right now, the way they're playing at home, the way Russell Wilson plays at home, and the way um, that crowd is just so, just I mean, just fervent and just aggressive, I don't see them losing at home. Uh, so that's why I think this week is so important for the NFC. You have Seattle coming on the road, and that's the only place they've lost. And to be honest, if you look at their road splits, Tarvin, they have been a different team on the road. Now, they've won, but they've played an entirely different um, ball game. They've been much closer. Russell Wilson has been made more mistakes. They've not been able to run the football as well. So that's why I think they're susceptible this week to a loss, Tarvin. I, I just think that, you know, the Frisco team is playing much better. They've won two in a row. Kaepernick is, is actually looking a little bit better uh, in his sophomore slump season. Um, and I think they're they're starting to figure things out. So, Tarvin, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I'm pulling the upset in this game. I think the 49ers at home uh, knock Seattle down just one peg. Mm, that's a tough one, man. Seattle or San Francisco's favorite, two and a half points. And I'm going to go with San Francisco, too, just because of, of what you said about them being on the road. But San Francisco has to get more consistency out of Colin Kaepernick, Trey. That's the key. And maybe oh, yeah. being at home. He can do that, but the Seattle defense is good, and they, they bait quarterbacks. They cause them to make a lot of mistakes. Man, this is a tough game to pick, but because it's in San Fran, Trey, 
I'm going to pull the upset with you, and I'm going to pick San Francisco because, like you said, everybody in the NFC needs them to lose. And really, San Francisco, this is a must-win game for them, in my opinion, if they want to have any shot of catching Seattle. So, Trey, I'm with you, and I think everybody in the chat room is with you. So uh, I'll, I'll ask you the question that Paul asked uh, on, on, on the chat room. He said, uh, what team has the best shot of winning in Seattle? And, you know, whether it's the 49ers, the Panthers, the Lions, the Saints, who in the NFC has a shot to go into Seattle in the NFC and dethrone them? And Man, I'm, I think it's got to be Drew Brees and the Saints. Uh, Tartman is who I would go with just because you have a quarterback who's been through something like that before. Brees has been in the league too long to get rattled. Um, but, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe it's Cam Newton who's too young to know any better. You know, he's a third year in the league. He's playing really for, you know, with house money. I, I don't know. I mean, you just, it's a very interesting question. What do you think, buddy? I think the Jacksonville Jaguars have the best chance. <laughs> or the Tampa Bay Bucks. I mean, the way they looked up in Seattle, they're the only team that played them close. So, uh, now I'd say Cam Newton and the Panthers just because of – I don't think the, the crowd would really affect him the way he plays. It seems like he thrives off stuff like that. But the defense, they have a defense, a running game. I don't know. I mean, Peyton Manning to me seems like he would be he would be intimidated by that crowd. I don't know if they could – they could throw the ball all over Seattle like they do some teams. That's a tough question, man. That's that's just a tough question. But maybe San Francisco would be the team, Trey. You know, at the end of the season, if they get better, San Francisco, Carolina, I just don't see anybody else doing it. Well, yeah, and here's the uh, – because Paul said that uh, the fans, I guess, picked the Lions and the, the expert picked um, the Panthers. Here's a team I'm going to throw at you that I think by the end of the season we come a playoff run. If, if they end up making a run and getting in the playoff, that actually could do it is the Eagles. Um, because, one, they have probably the best running back in the NFC and the best rushing attack, which and, you know, LaShawn McCoy. And, and Nick Foles hasn't made, a, hasn't made a mistake this year So with the football. So, I mean, isn't that the key to success against a home team like Seattle? So, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go wild card on the whole thing and say maybe it's Eagles. Yeah, and I'm, I'm surprised the fans voted the Lions because I I just couldn't see them beating Seattle there. Do you? I mean, I just maybe the defensive line they're talking about giving some problems to Russell Wilson. I don't know, but the Lions I would never have guessed that team. No. Uh, to do to do that, maybe I'm I'm just way off or something. But but Trey, that was a great question. Thanks, Paul, for bringing it up. But Trey, you know what this time is, don't you? It is college football time, and we're in championship week. We're in championship mode this weekend. We have the MAC championship. What Friday night or Thursday? Friday I think night. it's Friday night. We have the Pac-12 championship Saturday. I believe the ACC championship. Saturday, the Big Ten, and the SEC, Trey. So tell me before we get started, are we going to have mayhem in the BCS coming up Sunday, or is everything going to stay the same in your opinion? I'll tell you, I think it's a push. I think 50-50, I think we could have absolute mayhem where we have a situation where we have no idea who's playing. Uh, Obviously, we have a big decision that will affect the ACC championship game tomorrow. Uh, We have, um, you know, a, a, a... yeah, uh, SEC championship, which I don't know right now who I'm picking, uh, and then a Big Ten championship, who you know a lot of people believe Michigan State could win. So imagine, imagine a scenario where you may have 
one, two, and three lose. And you know, I mean, it could happen. Yeah, I just don't think Florida State's got a chance to lose. But we'll talk about that game in a few minutes. But I'm I'm looking for some chaos. I wanna I wanna know Trey if and this is an if if Auburn wins by a big amount against a top five team in Missouri and Ohio State looks average beating of Michigan State. Do you think there's a chance that Auburn could pass them in the BCS rankings and get to number two without them losing? You know, I, this is one of those things that I'll admit, you know, I kind of listen to some people who know more about the BCS formula. I mean, the BCS was started by the SEC, so it's kind of built for the SEC schedule to do very well in. So, I mean, I think there has to be a chance when you're talking about is there a chance. I think there absolutely is a chance because, I mean, the BCS was created by the SEC for this kind of scenario. Um, so, absolutely, why, why, why would we say that they, they have no shot? I just think that would be unrealistic. Um, from what I'm hearing, it may be hard to do, but, you know, I'm just saying I, I think pollsters could be changing their votes if they see um, two very different products on the field from these two teams. Well, well, Trey, I want to tell you this, and they didn't talk about this on, on the show Sunday night, the BCS election. I haven't heard it. So, so this is my interpretation of what happened, really, or what could happen. And if Auburn would, was to beat Missouri, and they look good doing it, or just say it's a touchdown or something, I think the coaches held off on putting Auburn ahead of Ohio State because they want to actually see them play. You know, after an emotional, tough two games, Georgia and Bama, they were lucky. People say to win. That's fine. But if the coaches have moved Auburn ahead of them and they lost Saturday in the SEC championship game, it would make them look foolish. But I think they're waiting to actually see Auburn win the SEC. And if they do that, you look at the resumes, and I know Ohio State's undefeated, but this is the first time in two years they've played a top 15 team. I mean, that's how weak the schedule's been, the body of work. I think with winning seven in a row and getting left out in 04, I think they, the coaches may owe Auburn a favor, you know, a, a chance, to, a redemption card or something. But I think if they win, Trey, that changes the mindset right there. I mean, it's easy to jump somebody up when you see them win a game and win the conference, and, oh, you beat Alabama, let's get emotional and put them at number two. I think, tell me what you think. I think they're waiting to see if Auburn's the real deal and they beat Missouri. Well, I, I think people haven't hit their full mind yet. Um, you know, here, I, I asked this question in the chat room, Tarvin, you tell me, uh, and Paul asked a question back that I, don't, I actually don't know the answer to, which is, 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 does this become a party line vote? Do we have, you know, SEC coaches voting for the SEC team? We have Big Ten coaches voting for the Big Ten, and do we have this interesting split where the Pac-12 and the ACC and the AAC decide who goes? Uh, and Paul said, "Well, does each coach in a conference have a vote?" And I don't, I don't know which coaches do. Carvin, do you? Well, I know Malzahn doesn't have a vote, and I mean, I think you have to to be there a few years before you get a vote. Uh, I think it's it's just more of how long you've been a head coach and everything. I think you have to pay your dues. But one thing I want to mention, Trey, is, you know, the coaches, they don't have time to vote really up to now. And now all these coaches are finally going to actually place their own vote. Maybe their assistant's been doing it. You know, somebody else has been putting their vote in. But after they sit here all week and watch football and they sit around Saturday and watch the games, I think you could see a lot of coaches changing their mind. And usually the coaches don't. If this was – Week four or something, I wouldn't expect it. But this is the last week, Trey. Everybody's not playing, and I think most of the coaches will be out there watching the football games. And they've heard the debate all week, and I think they want to be honest about it and see if a 
an Auburn team that beat number one and number five back-to-back weeks makes it. And Ohio State, you have to admit, they look like garbage against Michigan. They gave up 600 yards. Um, I think it's going to be. I think you're going to see a change in this poll. I really do. You can't discount the fact that the SEC has won seven years in a row. I mean, there's something about it. A two-loss LSU team dismantled an undefeated Ohio State a few years back, and I just think it's one of those things you have to see at first. And Auburn's not a shoe in, and we'll talk about them in a few minutes. They're not a shoe in, Trey, to win this game. Well, no, I don't. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think they are either, but. Um, it's an interesting debate. Obviously, we'll have to see how it plays out. But, I mean, you know, the question is, could it happen? I think it could. I do, too. And we're going to get to that. And, and right now, Trey, this is not a, a, a conference title game or anything, but Louisville, the number 19 ranked team, 10-1, going on the road to Cincinnati, 9-2. and two. I mean, Louisville's a three-point favorite, Trey. Do you see any – Anyway, Louisville stubs. I mean, the, this team has is, is disappeared, Trey. After they lost their game to, who was it, Central Florida? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, all of a sudden, I never hear Louisville anymore. They're down at 19 with a 10-1 and record. They've looked pathetic in the games I've seen them play. How are they going to look going to Cincinnati and playing Tommy Tupperville? Remember, he was at the Iron Bowl the other day. Maybe he's playing in, coaching inspired football now. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I think he'll play this game, obviously, trying to get a better job. We know Tupper was always trying to get a better job. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I'll tell you, I'm going to go with the favorite in Louisville. I think Bridgewater is going to be trying to put his name out there. And now that a lot of, you know, Mettenberger's hurt, you have Murray hurt, you have Mariota staying. And so the quarterback class has gotten significantly less interesting. So I think Bridgewater's going to want to come out have a statement game. This, this is obviously the only game on TV, so it'll be televised and it'll be people watching. So I'm going to pick Louisville. I think Bridgewater has a better game than he's had recently, and uh, they keep moving sort of – well, <laughs> they're not really moving up in the polls, but they'll, they'll keep winning. Well, the interesting thing I picked before the year started, and I thought it was a lock, Trey. I picked Louisville to go over 10.5 victories. And if they win this, they will. If they lose it, they won't. But – Wow, I mean, didn't that sound like a shoe-in bet before the season started, taking Louisville over ten and a half games with that schedule they had? It, it really did. Um, I mean, it really did. I mean, obviously, we're sitting here, Louisville. You know, looking at not even going to a BCS bowl with possible. You know, this is their possible eleventh win. Um, I, I, if you told me they were eleven and one, I would have been surprised if the answer was they're still not going to a BCS game. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're averaging 35 points a game, Trey. They're only giving up 11, but they look terrible to me when I've watched them play. I mean, their schedule's been terrible. And they are 6-1 and at home, and they're 4-0 and on the road. Cincinnati, I mean, they're mirror images of each other, really, if you look at the stats, really, except the defense has given up a little more for Cincinnati points-wise by about a touchdown. But, Trey, I'm with you. I'm going for Bridgewater to have a big game against Cincinnati. But this has to be entertaining. After the weekend we saw last weekend, I think Cincinnati and Louisville wants to play a, a miracle finish game. I think it's going to be close, but I think Louisville pulls it out. Look for rain in the forecast, 70% chance. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. It could be sloppy. I think it'll be entertaining. I, I really do. Um, so I don't see it. See, I'm looking at our uh, our pick'em on the on our Facebook page. Looks like Louisville and Cincinnati. So it's split on our Facebook page right now from our our, from our voters here. But I'll move us on, Carvin. Our number nine game is the Friday night Mac, Mac Nation, uh, the Mac Championship. Yes. Uh, Bowling Green nine and three versus the 
the BCS uh, busting no- number 14, Northern Illinois. Uh, what do you think about uh, this game? Well, Trey, first of all, tell us if you know, what does Northern Illinois have to do to get a BCS? Is 14 the cutoff, or is it they have to be, within they have to be ranked? 16. They have to be within okay. the top 16 in the BCS, which they are currently. So I think it's pretty much a win in their end. Um in the BC because obviously they're BCS right now. They're only a four point favorite in this game though, Tarvin. Can I ask you a question, Trey? And be honest with me. Tell me what you think. How is Northern Illinois ranked fourteenth? <laughs> um process of elimination, I guess. I don't know. I mean they they beat Iowa, they beat Idaho, Eastern Illinois, Purdue, Kent State, Akron, Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan, UMass, Ball State, Toledo, and Western Michigan. You could put Kentucky in that schedule, and right now they would be undefeated probably. You could put um, Duke in that schedule. They're easily undefeated. You could put Wake Forest in that schedule, and they're undefeated. Why Northern Illinois? I mean, what's so special about this team? I know they have Jordan Lynch, but is is he really worth a BCS bowl game to watch him get embarrassed again like he did last year? Well, I think they're kind of in a situation where if they win, they don't have much of a choice. But um, I agree with you that that'll be what happens. All right. I'm picking the upset in this game, Trey. I'm picking Bowling Green in this game because there's no way Northern Illinois should be ranked this high. Jordan Lynch is going to get exposed in this game, Trey. He's going to get exposed. And that what I mean by exposed, he's only going to get about 400 yards. But Bowling Green is still going to win. Well, I'm, I'm going to go with a favor. I think Jordan Lynch will find his way into another BCS game. He'll get invited to uh, the Heisman Trophy, but he, he'll you know, we'll, we'll see a very similar game than we did last year with Florida State, a 35 to 14. Uh, whoever they play, they'll get beat. Well, here's the deal: if Jordan Lynch loses this game, does he get an invite to the Heisman? Uh, yeah, that's an interesting question. And I, I, you know, given the way voters, uh, you know, these, these straw polls have gone. Uh, the answer is probably no. <laughs> but I mean, he's—I he's, mean, he's a good player. I give him that. I mean, he's—he's he's, uh, passed for twenty-four hundred fifty-seven yards, twenty-two touchdowns. He's rushed for seventeen fifty-five and twenty touchdowns. I mean, God, Trey, what kind of numbers is that? Wow. I mean, he's. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's. Well, I think he. Yeah. No, hold on. Yeah, yeah. He's rushed for that many yards. He's leading the team in passing and rushing. Who does that? Yeah, he's like I said, we talked before, he's got more rushing yards than Heisman Trophy winner running back. So he's that's pretty crazy no matter what the competition is. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and make a prediction. They're gonna lose the game. He's not gonna be invited just because there's other games and there's other players we're gonna talk about in a few minutes that they have a chance to shine and if they do, I think they're gonna overpass him because it's just a bigger stage and a, a tougher schedule. But Trey, you're going with a favorite. Um, Jason Humphrey's picking Bowling Green with me. And so let's move on to a, a game that was Fresno State. They're playing Utah State this week. Was Fresno State kind of overlooking last week when they got beat? I mean, they're 10-1 now. What happened to Fresno last week, man? They were supposed to be a BCS buster. They were supposed to make some noise, and then they choke uh, on a wild weekend of college football, Trey. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, they, they had the pressure. um you know, that, of course, Carr had a magnificent game. He had six, yeah, what, six touchdowns at halftime or something like that. Uh, but the game yeah. went into overtime, and, you know, they they got beat. I mean, obviously, Fresno State, I don't think they had really any legitimate chance to win a BCS game, and, and they should be third in the conversation. 
But you're right. I think that they overlooked their opponent, uh, and now they're number 23 in the nation, and they're you know got Utah State coming in coming in here. And to be honest, I think Utah State has a shot in this game. Well, even without Chucky Keaton. <laughs> well, I mean that 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 it does matter a little bit, but I think they just you know I think I'm going to pick Fresno to win, but I don't think this is going to be a blowout card. These games are tough this week, Trey. I mean, they're it's tough to pick, and I'm going to not so fast you. I think after that, after that loss last week that just bursted their bubble, busted the bubble. I'm picking Utah State to go on the road, Trey, and, and take care of business. I like this Utah State team. They're eight and four. They're playing for a lot. I think they have more to play for, honestly, in their mind. Fresno State's done. They were thinking BCS bowl. And that's not going to happen no more anymore, Trey. It's going to be tough for them to get back up for it. So is anybody else in the chat room picking an upset besides me of this one? Well, and the line's only three and a half. So, I mean, this is not like even Vegas is sure about this one. Um, so, yeah, I don't see. I'm looking at Facebook right now, Tyron, and I see Fresno State but in, all around. So, yeah, you're, you're on a limb right now. Woo! That means I could either I could bust this weekend, Trey. I could really just die right here on the last week of the season. But we always have the bowl pick them. So the next game, interesting Sugar Bowl team, Central Florida, going on the road to SMU. I don't know if it's on the road. You know what I mean? But they're they're the visiting team going five and six. SMU is in a is this a conference championship game, Trey? <laughs> five and six SMU. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't have a conference championship, but they are on the road against SMU, who's five and six. And you know, this is you know Central Florida. This is this is their BCS you know game. If they win, they're they're in because they beat Louisville. So if they lose, if they stumble, then Louisville makes it into the BCS under the, as the AAC champion. So Tarvin, is there going to be a slip up from Central Florida with the pressure to win an end? Man, I, I want to pick this so bad. And you know why? They're a ten point favorite on the road and yeah. I love mm-hmm. taking ten point dogs to win, but I'm not going to. I think I think Central Florida has a good enough talented team to go in. I don't think it's gonna be close, Trey. I, I think they kill SMU and they ended up killing the Sugar Bowl because they're gonna probably go to the Sugar Bowl and Trey there that's gonna be a bad draw. Whoever plays them better watch out because they're not gonna be up for it. A team coming from the SEC is not gonna be up to play Central Florida. It could be Utah all over again. <laughs> well, I mean, they almost beat South Carolina earlier this year, and you know, I've heard early words out that um, that actually Bartleby and James, the, the quarterback for um, Central Florida, is an early 2015 uh, high draft pick possibility. So, I mean, they, they got a legitimate quarterback, a legitimate coach. Um, I think that that uh, they don't stumble past this game. I, I agree with you; they're going to beat somebody. And I, I think they're right. I mean, they, they may go into a BCS game and be hungry, and the team they may be facing might be um, might be in trouble. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one to pick. But Central Florida feels pressure. You made that point. This is a pressure game for them going on the road to see if they can make it. It's, I'm interested to see what happens. And the number six game, you have the 25th-ranked Texas Longhorns. I don't know how they're still ranked. At Baylor, Trey, 10-1. and one. This could have been an 11-0 and Baylor team playing with a lot of pressure to make it to the national championship, but we saw what happened with uh, who beat them again. I can't Baylor? remember who beat them. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State beat uh, them. Oklahoma State, yeah. but, but 
here's a question for you. If Mac Brown wins this game, does he save his job, Trey? Well, yeah, yeah, I, I think so, unless Nick Saban were to call. Um, but, yeah, I think <laughs> he might. Well, Trey, this is a game where if he gets embarrassed, and I think he is, I think Baylor is going to run them out of the building, honestly. Now, if this was an 11-0 Baylor, I would think differently about it. But a 10-1 team, really, um, they're still fuming from that loss, embarrassing loss they had at home or on the road at Oklahoma State. Trey, I'm going to go with Baylor big in this game, over two touchdowns, easy. Yeah, and interesting enough, this week has six you know, six matchups with ranked teams, and this is the start of it. Uh, but, again, Baylor's looking at Tarvin if they win. I mean, this is their BCS shot possibility of getting into the BCS. Obviously, you know, to be the conference champion, they need Oklahoma State to slip off. But they could still possibly get an out-large bit. It's not outside the room of possibility. Um, but, I mean, this is, again, this is Baylor needs to, needs to win and, and prove themselves here. And I, I think they do. I think they make themselves um, – a somewhat attractive candidate, uh, possibly. Uh, we'll see what you pick on the next game by Oklahoma State, but I'm going Baylor. So you think if Baylor wins this game and Oklahoma State wins theirs, Oklahoma State makes the Fiesta Bowl BCS, you're thinking Baylor is an attractive pick for a BCS Bowl? Uh, I think depending on some other factors, obviously, but I think I think they would be uh, at least considered is what I'm saying. Yeah, Okay. All right, well, I think everybody's picking Baylor on this one, Trey. The next one is, I mean, it has conference implications on it, just like the next, the previous one did, Oklahoma, number 17, 9-2. A team, Trey, it's weird. We don't hear anything about them anymore. Going on the road to Stillwater in this game, I mean, number six, Oklahoma State, do they stumble here? Maybe taking Oklahoma for granted. I, I think this could be a tough game. Well, yeah, and you have a lot of hype for them right now. People are saying, you know, why not? Oklahoma State, there's a chance, you know, so I've heard people talk about, you know, some scenarios where Oklahoma State gets into, you know, either the championship confederations, and I don't think it's a possibility, but I've heard it, you know, so, you know, here's Oklahoma State shot to really to clinch their BCS Bowl, and you know, you're talking about pressure, and you're talking about the rivalry, uh, you know, of Oklahoma coming into town. Now, Charvin, I'm going to tell you, I don't think Oklahoma wins this game on the road. And, you know, after picking Oklahoma to beat Baylor and watching that debacle of an offense that Oklahoma runs, I just don't think they pull the upset, Tarvin. I think Oklahoma State is going to a BCS Bowl, um, and I think Oklahoma is just not there this year. Yeah, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State, too. The only thing that concerns me about this, Trey, is a noon kickoff. And if this was a night game in, in Stillwater, I would be more – you know, blow out city, get ready to come. But this is a morning game, and we saw what Oklahoma State did against West Virginia in the morning, Trey. Yeah. They didn't uh, look good mm-hmm. for some reason. So, But I'm going to pick them. I'm going to pick Oklahoma State to win this football game. And let's look at the chat room. Uh, I don't even think anybody wants to pick this game, Trey. So, uh, And I have a question. Remind me to ask you a question about the BCS in a moment before we end the show. The next game, the number four game you picked, the seventh-ranked Stanford Cardinal, which is probably should be ranked 17th, 10-2, going on the road to number 11, Arizona State, for the Pac-12 championship, Trey. And this is an intriguing game. Remember, Stanford beat Arizona State handily when they played them. They were up pretty big. Arizona State came back late. But are we going to see Arizona State pull the upset here and beat Stanford? Well, I think ASU is actually favorable three in this game. So, um you know, Tarvin, this is at Arizona State. 
and, and the second part of that is it is really hard to beat a team twice. And I know Stanford did it last year with UCLA, um, but uh, it, it is really hard to beat a team twice. And now with Arizona State hosting the game, you have the added pressure. And, and to be honest, Arizona State is so hungry to be here. I mean, they are just excited out of their mind. If you look at Arizona State chat rooms and that kind of stuff, I mean, they are just pumped about this game. You know, I question Stanford's motivation because, you know, obviously they've been to two straight BCS games. You know, they, they got knocked out of sort of what they I think they assumed would be their national championship discussions. Um, so I just think that Stanford may be a little flat in this game, Tarvin, and Arizona State in that offense take down Stanford and Arizona State goes to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I mean, Paul said it's a matchup like Stanford and Oregon, but this being at home, in the end, Arizona, Trey, I think it makes a big difference in this game at this time of year. I think Arizona State's playing very good football right now, better than they were playing before, you know, when they played the first time. And I think Stanford's been brought down to earth with those two losses where before they were undefeated, they were still high, and everybody still looks at Stanford as one of the top teams in the country. Well, I don't look at them like that, and I never have. So I'm going to go with Arizona State, Trey, to win this football game, they're going to be able to throw the ball. And that's going to set up the run. So let's bring on Jason Humphrey, the Pac-12 guru here. Jason, what's going on, buddy? Hey, guys. How are you guys? Good. How are you? I'm doing really good. I think Arizona State wins this game at home. Why is that? What? So why, why, why do you think they'll win? Yeah, uh, I think Arizona State just plays so much better at home. It's almost like Seattle in the NFL. They they haven't lost a game in Tempe this year, so I think I think and I think Stanford's just beatable. Um, so I I trust Taylor Kelly Kelly much more than I trust on uh, the Stanford quarterback to make a play. So. Well, where does Stanford go bowling if they lose this game, Jason? Uh, maybe the Harder Day Bowl, San Diego, and the one not. So, it's, it's a good bowl. Or maybe the Sun Bowl, the one not. So. Okay. So. Well, Jason, man, I appreciate you coming on the show, buddy, and, and giving us your prediction. Trey, Arizona State it is, man. So, we're going to Paul's picking Stanford, but let's move on to a to a your ACC championship game here. The twelve and zero Florida State Seminoles, the ten and two Duke Blue Devils. Trey and I've never seen a conference championship. I don't think with this high of a point spread, twenty eight and a half right now. Florida State's favored. What do you think? Well, yeah, I think uh, it, it'll be interesting if you were a gambling person and you really wanted to gamble on the spread to put a lot of money on this and betting that Winston doesn't play. Uh, then you might you might be looking pretty on your spread. Obviously, I think if Winston plays, um, I, you know, I, I think it could happen. <laughs> um, and you're right. I don't know if there's been a point spread in a championship game bigger. Uh, I know there's been one close when Oregon played um, uh, now, excuse me, uh, UCLA a couple years back. That was a, a pretty big point spread. I think that was the year they played Auburn in the national championship game, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, sorry, I'm, uh, no, no, no punches here. If, if Winston plays, uh, I'm going with Florida State. If he doesn't play, Tarvin, I may change to Duke in an upset. 
Trey, I could play quarterback for Florida State in this game, and we would still get past the Duke Blue Devils in this. This is – you look at the matchup, and this is a bad matchup for Duke. I mean, you're you're looking at five, four and five-star talent in every position. They're deep. And, and Trey, Duke, who have they really beaten? I know you said Miami, but they're a joke. They beat Virginia Tech. They're a joke. Who have they beat? Well, I mean, that, that's, that would be their two best wins this year. Yeah, I mean, to me, I mean, I, I don't – I don't count those as big wins. This is a team that barely got by Troy. They who else did they barely beat? I mean, they they're just not a. I mean, they're a good team. Ten and two. I'm going to give them their props. I mean, they deserve to be in this game. They they played well, but Trey Florida State's another animal. But how does Florida State handle the pressure? I mean, is there pressure to them? I mean, they're big favorite. Do they overlook Duke and not really mean to? I mean, this could be. Interesting because you've seen teams like Duke, if they can hang around trade late in the third quarter to possibly the fourth, and they're they're in striking distance. You have to watch out for a team like this because they're playing with house money right now. Nobody expected them to be ten and two. Oh yeah, I mean they're absolutely playing house with house money um, because nobody expected Duke to be good. I mean nobody expected Duke to win anything, uh, much less you know ten games. I mean you know so. Uh, to be even be there, they have to be even, they have to be the loosest team in all the championship games for sure. Um, we'll see. Tarvin, I you know I agree with you on the talent, especially if Jameis Winston plays. I just think they're going to want to just really destroy Duke just to prove a point. Uh, and you know we'll see. But if you look at Florida State I and mean, even last year, Tarvin and Georgia Tech, who looked like a team that was sort of far inferior to them in the, in the ACC championship game, they struggled with. So uh, you may be on to something about looking ahead. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Well, Troy, I have a question, and, and this is about the BCS. You know, all week we've heard, you know, Ohio State are off. Which one deserves it? But why is Florida State, do you think, not in that conversation? When you look at their schedule strength and, and what they've done this year, they they beat Clemson. But if you look outside of Clemson, really you could you could say that they've played a weak schedule. Do you think it's just their total domination in every game that's really got them out of the – debate really they're number one and that's it what if Alabama was still undefeated right now would we have a debate Trey of Ohio State and Florida State could you could you argue that I think you could argue it but I think there is a separation I mean if you look at um overall you know victories by you know point spread I think Florida State's averaging about a 47 point uh, margin of victory I think no team has done that since like 1955 and it was like Army so I mean, there's a different animal when you play a schedule like this, and, and you just wipe, you know, wipe the competition off the field very quickly, uh, versus what, what Ohio State's done, which is struggled against the weaker competition. So, you know, if, if you're going to play, you know, a schedule like Florida State had, and like what, 59th or something like that, I mean, it's not, it's not highest. Absolutely, I agree with that. Um, then you need to go out and destroy your competition to show uh, that you are an elite team, and that, that's what Florida State has done, and Ohio State has not done. So I think that's the difference, too, and I, I saw the CBS article that, that sort of failed to mention that uh, when it talked about, you know, just the schedule. If, you, if you're just talking about the strength of schedule, absolutely, but you have to sort of see what they did with that schedule. Yep, and I agree. I look at Florida State, and I have no doubt right now they're the best team in the country. And I can't say that about anybody else. So that, that moves us on, Trey, to the Big Ten championship game. And, you know, these, these games are in a dome and it's at night, and, and at this time, Ohio State's going to know, Trey, 
if Auburn won, if they lost, how they looked. But Ohio State's going to feel the pressure regardless of who wins that SEC championship game because if they lose, they're out. But if if they look at that scoreboard before they play and they see Auburn 41, Missouri 20 or something, do you think it's going to get in the back of their minds that they have to go out and blow Michigan State out? That could take them out of their game because Michigan State's a very good defense that can shut opponents down. So tell us about that game. Well, I think, you know, I think it could work, work against them no matter which way you play it, Tarvin. So, say say Missouri beats, you know, Auburn in the last second field goal or vice versa, um, then they're going to have sort of that pressure of knowing the outcome while they're playing. I mean, so I, I think it could work against them no matter how you play out the Auburn and, and Missouri game. Um, but, you know, when it comes down to it, Tarvin, you know, I that Ohio State will have some issue with the Michigan State defense. I think that'll absolutely um, be an issue. But you're talking about, you know, Carlos Hyde. Uh, you're talking about Braxton Miller has been playing incredible. I just don't think that Michigan State is going to be able to score points on Ohio State enough to win the football game. Where I think Ohio State will find a way somehow to break that defense, and whether they, whether it's because they're on the field for three quarters and it happens in the fourth quarter. Uh, or however you however it plays out, Tarvin, I just don't think Michigan State will score enough. So I think Ohio State wins this game, and I'll be honest, I think it's by at least – it'll be this point spread is what, five and a half. I think it'll be at least double that, maybe even triple it. Well, Trey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick the upset in this game, and, and I think Ohio State so far they haven't played a defense. I mean, Michigan – I mean, they moved the ball on them, but we saw what Michigan State did to Michigan, Trey. Anytime you play in these conference championship games with the pressure, it's always good to to be able to rely on your defense, especially early in the football game when emotions are the highest. I think Michigan State, one thing I've noticed about them, Trey, is it seems like to me the offense has gotten better over the last month. And you tell me if I'm wrong on that. Just, Just watching them play, it seems like they're starting to play better. If you look at Michigan, they put up 29 points. Illinois, 42. They put up uh, 41 against Nebraska, which is not too shabby. 30 against Northwestern. Last week, they they looked like they were overlooking Minnesota a little bit. They they won 14-3. to But I'm I'm starting to see a little more consistency out of this offense, Trey, which looking at Ohio State's defense, I think Michigan State's going to have some success being able to score the ball, score the ball, and you know, they're giving up 60 yards a game on the ground, Trey. So if Ohio State thinks they're just going to come in there and run the football, I think they're going to be surprised at how good they are. So if Ohio State runs the football, they're going to win the football game. But I don't think they will, Trey. I think Michigan State's a, a very well-coached team, and I think they're playing with house money as well. I don't think there's any pressure on these guys. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. I think uh, the Spartan defense has guys who are going to be drafted. They're talented. They're ninth against the pass. They're number one against the rush. Uh, you know, so they're going to have um, they're going to have some frustrating moments for the Ohio State offense for sure. But you know, when it comes down to it, Tarvin, I mean, I look at the 95th ranked passing offense for the Spartans, and I just you know, and I know the the, the Ohio State isn't a whole lot higher than that, but. You know, when I, when I, the Ohio State can run the football. They're second in the nation. They average 321 yards in the ground. And so I just think at some point they're going to break through. Um, and I just think probably it's going to be because the defense for Michigan State is just on the field too long and they don't have the guys backing up. And they're not as deep as, say, an Alabama defense uh, at, at the front seven. So uh, that's why I'm picking Ohio State to win, Tarvin. But, heck, man, you know I went to Michigan, so I'd love to see them take down Ohio State. Well, well tell me this. Say – 
say Ohio State loses, Missouri beats Auburn by by a good amount. I mean, or no, they barely get past Auburn. Missouri does. Does Alabama have any chance, Trey, of getting back up in that conversation? Can you debate a one-loss Missouri versus a one-loss Bama team? Well, I, I think you're going to have a lot of debate in that regard, and I think in that way the SEC kind of made itself sort of um, almost less attractive, and you may even get a, you know some crazy scenario uh, because I mean Alabama didn't even win their their division, but you know Missouri is going to have to jump them. You know if that happens, and you know I think people may assume that they will, but I don't think that's necessarily a safe assumption. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a safe assumption because Alabama, as long as they're in there, you know, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, anything can happen this time of year. If we're sitting here trying to say what we know is going to happen, we don't know anything. We don't know what's going to happen, and that's what I want everybody to know that's listening. We're out here guessing, and and the number one game trade. Of the day, in number four, number three versus five, Auburn in the Georgia Dome against Missouri. Trey, how much does it come into play that Missouri hasn't been to Atlanta before in an SEC championship game? One thing I thought about, tell me what you think, the media frenzy that's there at the SEC championship game. Missouri hasn't played well on the big stage before, so how does this affect them being new to the SEC championship game? Will they be a little overwhelmed? Well, it's possible, and I think the other thing you got to think about is the highest-ranked team that Missouri has faced this year, I think, is was the number 23-ranked A&M. Who, I don't think they're ranked anymore. Um, so, I mean, Missouri hasn't exactly faced an elite program yet this year um, in winning the SEC East. I mean, so you got to consider that as part of this as well, where Auburn has been a little bit more fire-tested uh, with obviously playing the number one team in the nation in Alabama. I mean, that alone put them at a different level of competition and scrutiny. I mean, having game day there last week, having the you know, game day at the Georgia game, I mean, or at least the, so excuse me, the, the press that came after the Georgia game. Uh, so, I mean, Auburn's had sort of been through some of this before, and Missouri hasn't. I think it absolutely makes a difference. I do, too. And, you know, Auburn is a two-point favorite in this game, and, and if you look at it, I could argue it that Missouri's going to win this football game, Trey. I could argue Auburn's going to win the football game. But all I can tell you is you have to watch. And the key to this game, the key to this game is how is Auburn's defense going to hold up against Missouri's offense, I think. Uh, I think it's a given that Auburn's going to be able to run the football on Missouri. They were able to run it on Alabama. I think they could run it on anybody. And I'm not saying that to be cocky. I just think you can run it on Alabama 300 yards. You can run it on Missouri A&M ran for two and change last week against Missouri. But, Trey, how, much, how does Auburn's defense try to, try to handle the quarterback, the dual-threat quarterback there from Missouri? They have a running game. They have huge receivers. What do they do to try to slow him down? Well, I, I think it's going to be scheming. I mean, obviously, Matty Mock will get some, some, uh, some playing time as well. You, you look at the numbers, and the numbers sort of make you – Makes makes sort of makes you think this game is is even as well. I mean, you know, passing offense, mm-hmm. Auburn is 105th. Passing defense, Missouri is 105th. So, I mean, that's a complete <laughs> wash. I mean, I don't know. What Something's got to give, that. Trey. Something something has to <laughs> give in this game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you talk about rushing defense in versus the Auburn you know, offense, which rushes so well. Auburn's fifth in the nation, 318 yards. You know, Missouri's 14. They give up only 119 yards. So, I mean, this is not exactly, 
an uneven matchup and all these stats. But I think the one factor for me, Tarvin, is, is just sort of a miracle um, that has seemed to befelled Auburn. Uh, sometimes in a season, you know, the stars just seem to fall. The, the tips seem to just bounce to the receiver's hands uh, and that kind of thing. So I just think that, that Auburn will get a break here that they probably ha- we can- probably can't explain. And that's why I'm picking Auburn. I think on paper, when I look at Missouri and I look at what they did against Johnny Manziel and keeping him to 21 points, Missouri makes more sense to me to win this game. But, you know, I don't think you can make sense right now of what Auburn is doing. So I'm going to pick Auburn this game. Well, I mean, for people that, that say Auburn's overlooking Missouri or they're too emotional right now, if you look back at 2010 with this team, they they came from behind 24 to nothing against Alabama on the road and beat them in the last in, in 128-27 trade, and they came out the next week and beat South Carolina 56-17. to But it's different. I mean, they, they were playing with if we win, we're going to Atlanta, nothing's going to stop, or we're going to Glendale for the national title this year, Trey. Do these players really think they have a shot to make it? I mean, could that play an effect with Auburn? Could they go out and not try as hard? Because even if they win, you know, they, they're not going to the national championship. Could some players think that way? Well, uh, you know, perhaps, but um, I think that, you know, Miles Vaughn seems to have them focused. I, I think um, Missouri will be focused. Um, I think Franklin, that offense, will be focused from Missouri. I don't think either one of these teams assume that they're out of the playoff contention for, excuse me, not the playoff, but a, a, out of the postseason ability for the BCS. I think they both think they have a shot. So I don't think either one well, of these teams are necessarily looking past this game. Well, Trey, what scares me about this game for Auburn is I think Missouri and Pinkle feel very disrespected right now. I think they nobody's talking about them this week. If you if you go out and you listen, I mean, people are saying Missouri's going to beat Auburn. They're going to beat it because Auburn's over or they're too emotional. They're not saying that Missouri's going to beat Auburn because they're a very good football team. If you look at the BCS rankings, Missouri's five, Alabama stayed ahead of them. So if you're Missouri. Are you playing with a chip on your shoulder here, Trey? You're, you're second year in the BSC. Everybody made fun of you last year, said you didn't belong. Now you're in Atlanta. I mean, just imagine if Pinkle wins the SEC in his second year in the conference after winning two games in the conference last year. How big would that be for this program? Well, it would be huge, and it would also be very interesting because, you know, you have a lot of folks who said, you know, teams can't compete in the SEC, and you have – Missouri, who hasn't won a conference championship, in the, you know, and that's including being in the Big 12 and the Big 8 since, like, 1950. And now here they are in their second season in the SEC, you know, in the national, cha- in the national championship hunt and in, in the hunt for an SEC championship. In there, and there, here they are in that game. So if you're a Missouri fan and you're obviously Missouri, this is, this is a game that you have never seen probably in your lifetime. Well, I see Corey Johnson in the studio right now. Corey, press number one if you want to come into the show. The number is 646-716-5564. Corey, if you want to talk about the Auburn Tigers or anything, just hit number one. I see you in there right now. Here he is, Trey. Corey Johnson. Corey, what's going on, man? War Eagle. Uh, War Eagle, man. Just uh, sitting here listening to all the insights you guys have to offer. what do you think about yeah. the game Saturday? How's the Auburn Tigers going to pull off a win? Um, uh, they just have to keep doing what they've been doing. They have to run the ball and stick with it. And then occasionally mix in a pass, as we talked about, uh, or you guys talked about, Missouri doesn't have the best pass defense. 
But uh, that said, I mean, I think this is going to be a very, very tough game for Auburn. Not not because of the emotional win over Alabama and everything, because I think Malzahn has a focus. I just think Missouri is a great team. And even though they're ranked in the top five, I, I do think they've kind of been overlooked all year. And, and especially mm-hmm. this week, you don't seem to be hearing that much about them. Well, Corey, would you call me crazy if I if I really think that Nick Marshall this week is going to have a lot of yards in the air and some big explosive plays uh, by this Auburn offense led by him? I think the monkey is off the back of Auburn now. I think they're confident, but I think they're going to open up that passing game. They were so close against Alabama to hitting some of those passes. I think this week they do in the Dome. I think Nick Marshall comes out and, and plays the game of his life, actually. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that's crazy at all to hear that because they they threw the ball uh, pretty well and for a decent amount of yardage against Texas A&M earlier in the year. And, I mean, the, they just haven't had to throw it a lot since then. And uh, Marshall is, is pretty inconsistent, but, I mean, when he's on, he can hit some decent passes. And he has some pretty good receivers. So, yeah, if uh, they can give him time to throw against that pass rush in Missouri, I think he can have a – a decent amount of passing yards. Now, Trey, uh, I look at Nick Marshall. His passing yards are going to come out of the pocket. Do you agree or disagree? Oh, yeah, I agree that that's where his passing yards are definitely going to come. I think you know, Missouri runs an interesting defense. They put a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. They really are aggressive and versus sort of a zoning scheme that Alabama runs. So I think that, they're going to, that Marshall is going to have to get out of the pocket uh, and look sort of the intermediary routes where I think you'll have more success in trying to go deep. Well, Corey, if Auburn pulls this game out, say they win by touchdown, Ohio State wins by touchdown against Michigan State, who do you think deserves to be in the BCS National Championship? Do you think it should be Auburn? or not? I'll take it a step further. If Missouri beats Auburn, who do you think deserves to be there, Missouri or Ohio State? Well, that, that's a tough one. I mean, I, I really don't think there's any question that whoever wins this game is going to probably be a better team than Ohio State and definitely have a better resume, so to speak. But, uh, yeah, I just I don't see them putting one of these teams in over an undefeated Ohio State team if they beat Michigan State. And I mean, one thing I'm looking at, too, is I, I think there's a lot of, as they would say, SEC fatigue. To be the man! You've got to be the man! <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you're right about that. But, I mean, I don't see a lot of a lot of these media members that have votes and whatnot from around the country, I think, are just sick of the SEC. And now that there are no undefeated teams in the SEC, they see this as their chance to shut them out finally. Yeah, thanks, Alabama, for making everybody sick of the SEC. Thank you, Alabama, for doing that. But, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, one more reason Alabama. to Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Trey, is, is he correct about that? Is Is the nation really tired of the SEC and just ready for something else, or do you think – that game will happen and they'll miss the SEC because I want some – I think this is a perfect opportunity, Trey. Tell me if I'm wrong. For the SEC to go down in that championship game with a Florida State team, I, I think if you really hate the SEC, you want them to play Florida State this year. Oh, I, I come, you, know, you know my thoughts on this, and I agree with those that line. I, if, if you want to, to see the SEC go down, they need to lose the game. Um, and that's – 
as a Florida State fan, I would I would much rather us win a title. Now I'll take a title, Tarvin. Let's be honest. I will take a title against Ohio State, and I will and I will love every minute of it. Um, but you know, if you ask me, I guess if you guaranteed me a title, I would, I would much take it against the SEC because that shows a far greater respect when it comes down to how we historically look at this. Yeah, if, if Florida State wins, Corey, and they beat Ohio State, really, are they going to be respected? And if, where if they beat Alabama, Auburn, or Missouri, or somebody in the SEC, I think it would go a, a lot further on the street, you know, to give them their street credit for next year. Oh, yeah, you're probably right about that. But I think uh, going undefeated and beating an undefeated team, is uh, that's still going to get them all the respect they're really going to need. So, uh I know they would probably rather win it over an SEC team, but I mean, I I think they're ready to play every week, so they're they're ready to take on whoever comes out on that field against them, and uh, they're going to play a great game no matter who they're playing. Well, Trey, are you going to Pasadena to watch a national title game? <laughs> oh man, I, I certainly I certainly uh, am not putting it past the realm possibility, but I just don't think with a with a couple of kids in diapers that it's going to happen for me this year, but. I'll tell you what, I will throw the biggest the biggest party here in Montgomery, Alabama if we're in the national championship game. Uh, everyone's invited. Well, I'll tell you about Corey, Trey. He got, when Auburn went to the national title, Corey got in, what was it, a van, Corey? I drove all the way from Alabama to Glendale, Arizona. It only took him, Trey, four weeks to get there. But once he got there, he loved that game. <laughs> but, Corey, are you are you are you going to to Pasadena if you win if Auburn makes it somehow by miracle? Um, that's yet to be determined. I'm going to have to have some uh, long discussions and some real kiss up time with my boss if I'm going to go. But um, for as far as Trey goes, though, I mean uh, there were a lot of reservations canceled in Pasadena this week, so I think you can probably get a cheap rate and probably a cheap flight. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, if I go, it's going to be a day trip, Trey, or I'm flying out the day before and leaving the night of the game or right after it. It'll be such a short trip that I'll get out there as cheap as possible if I can, get the cheapest ticket, but maybe the government, or they do. The Trey, remember, weigh-in sports will, will pay for that for you now, some of it. Now, not all of it, but if you want to go out there, we can get a package, we, we, get, we get a package deal, Auburn versus Florida State. Trey, you and I sit side-by-side. We'll put Corey with us, too. But could you imagine, Trey, Florida State, Auburn in the national title, the host for weigh-in sports going at it for a month? I mean, I just can't imagine. I don't think this, this show's big enough for that. Man. I don't know that this show would, would would be able to manage it, Tarvin. I think it would it would be it would be weigh-in and it would be sports because we'd be broken, Tarvin. There would be not be weigh-in sports anymore. I just don't see you and I even being able to handle that. I, I, I would have to bring Corey in to host the show and just – kind of mute us out if we got out of hand. So Corey, if Auburn and Florida State make it, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to host the show for a month, man. Uh yeah, yeah, I'd be willing to do that, but I don't know if that's really fair to the Florida State contingent. <laughs> kind of be two Auburn <laughs> against one Florida State. <laughs> how, how about I bring Big E back in? He's a Bama fan. He can he can mediate Trey. I'm 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 sure <laughs> no, how many excuses would we hear? I won't listen to the show I mean, if that happens. How, how many excuses would we hear, Trey, while Alabama's not in there? Oh, about a million. I think we'd probably hear, um, you know, <laughs> probably uh, about how Florida State doesn't deserve to be even building a football team this year. We should all pack it in. So um, it'd be interesting. 
Well, I mean, we could call Big E right now on the phone live and, and see what he thinks about the Iron Bowl. I haven't heard from him since that Iron Bowl. Uh, what do y'all think? Should we do something like that? <laughs> let, let, let's plan a little bit better, Carson. We'd all be ready for that if that happens. <laughs> all right. I'm calling him. I'm calling him. <laughs> Hold on just a second. Let's get him on this phone. It might take me just a minute, but. <laughs> hey, Tarvin, uh, re- realistically, let me let me, let me me run this by you. Uh, Paul pulled up the coaches and the coaches poll, and I, and I did a quick count. There are seven SEC coaches in the coaches poll and six Big Ten coaches. Uh, and then, oddly enough, Tarvin, there are two former Auburn coaches uh, who are not in that uh, discussion there. So that, that gives you nine possible SEC bias guys because uh, Terry Bowden coaches Akron and you got Tommy Tuberville with Cincinnati both in the coaches' poll. So tell me, does that matter? No, Tommy Tuberville said he voted for Ohio State uh, at number two. Coaches are real funny. Corey, take this real quick while I try to make a call. Okay. So, Corey, what do you think? Is 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 that enough? SEC love and the coaches poll to possibly pull through. Um, it could be, yeah. I mean, it, it possibly could be, but uh, I don't know. I, I still don't see overall. I don't think the, the, they're going to get enough. Your call has been forwarded if, uh, to an automatic Ohio voice State message went. system. Two five six five zero six zero five. Hey, Brian, you there? Yeah, I, I'm still here, Dre. Okay. Sorry yeah, about sorry. that, guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> but here's a question. Uh, do you think if Auburn happened to make it to Pasadena, do you think Bobby Bowden and Pat Dye will be sitting together? <laughs> uh, yeah, they're making lumber commercials together, right? So who knows? <laughs> what is that, Crane Works or whatever he, he's going on, Pat Dye? Yeah, no, I, I see some commercial with them. Them, I don't know, selling lumber but, or, or with guns. I don't know what they're selling, but they seem to be selling. Guys, guys, think about this. I want you to think about this real quick before we go. We're about out of time, but think about the story you would have. Jimbo Fisher coached at Auburn, and Damian Craig played at Auburn, coached at Florida State. Now he's at Auburn. I mean, think of the storylines you would have in this. In this game, you have Winston being from Alabama, Hueytown, I think. He was going to go to Auburn or Alabama. He went to Florida State trade. That would be a bigger story, wouldn't it? I mean, that would be huge. Well, I mean, obviously, I think the bigger story would have been Alabama and Florida State, given that Jimbo is a disciple of Saban, and given that, you know, Jeremy Pruitt, the defensive coordinator, just left Alabama to come to Florida State, and then they had all the success. But absolutely, there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's a storyline with Auburn as well. Um, Jameis Winston actually was. Um, sort of recruited them, but up under Saban, he's one of the ones that Florida State stole actually from Saban. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of Alabama and Auburn ties on these staffs. I mean, uh, you're right. So Tarvin, uh, you know, the question I was asking you as you were you're dialing, because Paul looked up this coaches poll: seven SEC coaches, two former Auburn coaches. Um, you know, I guess are you seeing that as the possibility of these vote changes? Because Paul told us in the chat room they only need 13. Uh, switcheroos. I mean, you think any of these SEC coaches or any of these former Auburn coaches are waiting for the SEC championship game to flip? Yeah, I think they're. I think I'm on. Honestly, it's like a in the SEC media days and coaches meetings. I think they they all get together. You have to vote your own conference 
in that game or you're going to be an outsider and they're, they're going to get rid of you. I mean, you really – and tell me if you think I'm wrong, guys. You have to show allegiance to your conference. I don't care if Nick Saban's still pissed about that, that game. He has to vote Auburn number two. And if you're an SEC coach out there and you don't, it's going to be it's going to be live. Everybody's going to see your vote, and they're going to you're going to be under a lot of scrutiny. Corey, am I wrong here? Um, no, I actually think you're kind of on the right track there, but um, I still don't know if uh, nine votes would actually be enough to sway uh, no. sway enough points to put Auburn above an undefeated Ohio State, or not just Auburn, Missouri, if they win. Well, Trey, so, I know they said something the other. Go ahead. So I'm just going to ask you, in your real opinion, three of these votes, uh, or let's call it, you know, people who have a direct interest against Auburn. You got Brett Bellema for Arkansas. You got Nick Saban in Alabama, who is a rival, obviously, a huge rival, not only in recruiting, but in, you know, in general. And then Mark Rick with Georgia. I mean, so another guy on there is Les Miles at LSU. So, I mean, you have some West rivalries, uh, and not only that, but recruiting rivalries. So, I mean, do you think any of that Great plays question. in the answer votes? It does, but you, you have to side with your conference because you need each other, and it's not Auburn versus Alabama anymore. This is Auburn. This is your conference in their opinion. Uh, you have to still your, – your your conference needs credibility. It needs, it needs to be valued, and if you're a coach in there, I'm telling you, and you don't vote, an SEC team, a one-loss team, number two, you can never say anything the rest of your life start bitching and moaning about where your team's ranked. And I think that's that's where it lies. I don't think they want to do it, but I think they, they really have to do it. It's kind of like a brotherhood to these coaches. They're all in it, in it together. It's like a country club. I don't think Nick Saban hates Auburn. I, don't, I really don't think he does. I mean, I don't think Mark Rick, yeah, he may, he may be mad for that Hail Mary still. You never know. But you have to vote. Auburn number two if you're an SEC coach. And I'll be interested to say maybe a couple of them don't, Trey. I, I think maybe a couple, you know, like I, I could see Mark Rick doing that or I could see Brett Billima doing that because he's an outsider anyway in the SEC, Corey. He, he may get away with that. Yeah, that's oh. exactly what I was thinking about Billima. I mean, he they already hate him. He's never going to fit in. So, yeah, I, I don't see him voting for Auburn if they win. I might see him voting for Missouri if they win because he doesn't really seem to have any kind of personal clash going on with Pinkle or with uh, or rivalry with Missouri's program, really. So I, 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 I can see him voting for them. But, yeah, I, I don't think he would vote for Auburn if they won. Well, well, Trey, if, if Saban votes uh, Auburn number three and Ohio State two, he's saying he's probably about the fifth best team in the country then. So I, I don't really think Saban would do that. Well, I mean, Tarver, let me ask you this way, too. I mean, because you're talking about – I think you brought up a good point, which is, you know, what are they saying about the future of a one-loss SEC team? But, I mean, doesn't that argument get a little bit less than now that we have a playoff next year? Uh, and, you know, let's be honest. I mean, we have easy, you know, one-loss Auburn team if they won the SEC championship, you know, clearly in a 14 playoff. And you may even have an Alabama team um, with the one-loss clear playoff. I mean, I think I would argue that point. So, I mean, do you think that you wouldn't, the whole you, – you, yeah, I see what you're saying, Trey. You wouldn't have Alabama in, it this, in the 14 playoff because they didn't win their conference. And I think they're looking at that right now, weighing it. I think Oklahoma State would end up getting selected if they won the Big 12 over a one-loss Bama team that didn't even win their division. So you're exactly right. They have to 
to put the SEC in there and get more credibility with it, an eighth straight national championship possibly, or at least been in the game, because next year comes around and, say, Auburn or Missouri or Alabama didn't make the national title game, Trey. I mean, how does a one-loss Alabama team look next year at sitting around four or five? I mean, it doesn't look as appealing, does it? No, and, you know, I still disagree. I mean, I just – if you have an Alabama one-loss team and then they lost to a top-four Auburn team and you have a one-loss Oklahoma State team who lost to a terrible West Virginia team, I think as a voter, as one of these 13 committee members, I don't think you can – I mean, obviously they're weighing conference championships to some extent, uh, but I just – I just can't see it, man. I would, you know, I am not an SEC fan. I'm not an Alabama fan, but I personally would think that would be a ridiculous affront to college football, um, yeah. just because you have well, to consider the loss. Well, what, what Trey they did say in their committee, and they they reiterated it that they're not looking for the the four best teams. I don't think they reiterated it. Conference championships are being weighed, strength of schedule and winning your conference are the top. I think conference is the top, but. Uh, I'm just not with it either. I think you couldn't leave a one-loss Alabama team out of that. I mean, like you said, you lost to West Virginia. I know you won your conference, but how big is it? But just to let everyone know out there, I'm not an SEC fan. I'm not a Big 12 fan. I'm not a Pac-12 fan. I'm an Auburn fan, and I love football, and I study it. It's a trade. I'm not one of those people that would vote Alabama to go to the national championship game if I had a vote. I I don't like them. I'm not going to vote them number one or get them in that game. But coaches have an obligation to do that. I know you talk about recruiting. They could hate each other. But if it, gets, if it comes out that Nick Saban voted Auburn number three instead of number two, there's going to be a big problem with him with the SEC commissioner. I can tell you that right now. But, guys, anything you all want to talk about before we go? We've got championship weekend. We've got the BCS coming out. And maybe you can help me, Trey, Corey, or Paul in the chat room, Jason, what time does the BCS selection show start on Sunday night? Mm, uh, I, I believe that. that's 8.30 Eastern, I, I think, 7.30 Central. Okay, even for the, the final one? Because I know it's longer. They, they, this is where oh. all the bowls are, are selected. Trey, what time do you want to do the show Sunday night? Because um, there's a lot to cover. We want to go through all the bowl games. We want to review all the games. I, kinda, I mean, it's going to be an exciting show. Very exciting show. Regardless if Auburn wins or not, I'm still going to be happy and, and be in a good mood to do this show. So tell me what time you well, want to start. I think 830 when the, when, the, when that starts is fine. If, you know, we're not going to go through all the bowls just yet because we'll start breaking them down on, you know, when they, for our previous show. But, uh, so, I mean, I think, uh, I think absolutely 830 we can talk about how everything plays out and some of the results as they're coming forward. Yeah, when I say talk about the bowls, I'm talking about who's playing who. I'm not going to break them down every game. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, we have a, yeah, yeah, we have a lot to talk about with the conference championships. So it's going to be a fun night, guys. But make sure you all watch all these games and, and be honest. I, I like your coach Sunday when you're doing the ballots and, and tell me who you'd vote for. It's going to be fun, Trey. I feel a shakeup coming. It could be an epic Saturday. We saw Auburn, Georgia, and Alabama two weeks. Could we have another? So we had a Hail Mary for a touchdown. We had a, a field goal return for a touchdown trade. Give us the next best thing for Auburn. What, what, what would the best next play be to win a game? What would it be? Uh, Statue of Liberty. Okay. Statue of Liberty, huh? 
<laughs> okay. Corey, what do you think? Okay, I say uh, Missouri scores to take a one-point lead with about 30 seconds left. Uh, they go for two to make it a field goal lead, and Chris Davis picks off a two-point conversion and runs it back for two for Auburn to win by one. All right, here's mine. Auburn lines up to hit a 57-yard field goal to game. Missouri returns it, and in the process, Auburn strips it, picks up the fumble, and runs it in the end zone. So that would be that would that would be epic trade, Corey. So you never know what's going to happen. Hopefully, my heart meds will be in by by Saturday, so I can watch the game after these last two weeks. I will be in the Georgia Dome, Corey. You're going to be there. So Trey, are you going to make it over to Atlanta to watch this game? <laughs> No, I won't be in Atlanta this weekend. Uh, I'll, I'll be watching from home, uh, you know, seeing how this thing goes with my nice DVR and it's a replay. All right, guys. Well, 8.30, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Hopefully we'll have some surprises for you Sunday night. Hopefully we'll have some good news, and there's still a lot of football left, guys. People take it for granted. I know Florida State's a huge favorite, but, man, you never know what can happen in a football game. So, Guys, great show. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week. And, uh, Trey, we'll see you Sunday night, bud. See you, man. All right. Thanks, guys. To be the man, you've got to beat the man.